Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to another Saturday night of Shadow Whispers in the Night with your fabulous host, Jenny, and my fabulous co-host, Nando. Hello. Good evening. I'm good. I'm good. Busy as always. Are we ever not busy? Are we ever not busy? No, not really. We've always got something going on, haven't we? No, like I said earlier, if we got paid for it, I'd be making the money. Oh, yeah, we, we would be able to retire by now. Exactly. And like I said last night in one of the shows that uh, my former life, apparently I live in a castle. Now this is my castle. What happened? <laughs> I want to go back into my former life. <laughs> this is reality. We're living in a smaller house. <laughs> Extra people in it. So we're going to have a fantastic show tonight. We have a fantastic guest with us. Uh, we have Barry Fitzgerald joining us tonight. I'm going to read out a little bit of a bio. Uh, Irish born, only the best. Irish born. <laughs> Uh, Barry Fitzgerald has over 35 years experience within the world of the supernatural in which he is known and has taken him to new levels of intrigue and mystery. Appearing on all 56 episodes of Ghost Hunters International, he headed a team in the American NBC owned by Sci-Fi Network and explored a quandary of the paranormal and supernatural phenomenon around the globe. His natural progression led to the writing and publishing of books on subjects within his field of research, such as The Complete Approach, the influence, my home is haunted, now what? I do need that one. Uh, in the midst of God's banshee searching of the side, I think I'm going to say that right, um, a series of investiga investigative stories into the Irish mythology and folklore called Legend Seekers, a uh, fiction, uh, fictional trilogy. The Council of Three and his recent work, The Deception of Gods and Men. He was recognized for his work in the paranormal world and received the award of Paranormal TV Personality of the Year 2016 and 2018 from the PSW based in the Netherlands. Barry's research has taken him out of his comfort zone and into the areas of Irish myth, legend and folklore that has led him into the shadowy depths of the underworld, not only in Ireland, but around the globe and covering shocking similarities between cultural encounters with the unknown. And discovered that line exposed a global network of doorways which could expose the true gods behind the veil. This discovery had led him to directing new internet documentaries, including The Serpent's Mound, The Mystery Bo uh, Bodies of Peru, Part One and Part Two, followed by Dark The Dark Entity in 2018, a documentary which explores the new uh, angel cult and true beginnings that hid behind the job title. Um, that his most challenging uh, cases drove him to explore the Mayan underworld in Belize, known as, and that begins with an X, and I don't know how to say that, but I'm sure Barry will tell us, and I see him laughing <laughs> in the background, because I tried to say it earlier, and I kind of didn't get it. Anyhow, uh, Barry will tell us that. Leading the team into the furthest death of the Mayan version of hell and hiking, the uh, Drakensberg Mountains in KwaZulu National in South Africa, to investigate a cave associated with the ancestral worship for the Zulu nation. That's amazing. However, recently, however, his most challenging research comes in the form of Irish mythology and uh, its exceptional confrontational and direct uh, of the old. Okay, so that's, 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 oh, I'm always read out. I think that's you done for the night, isn't it, Jen? Good night. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so, no, listen, I'm going to waffle on all night. So, we're going to bring Barry in. Good evening. <laughs> Hey, hey folks, Barry. thanks very much for having me on. Thank you for being you here. Thank you so much for being here tonight with us. You're very, very welcome. How is it? Now, I got that word wrong. You're going to have to correct me. The X I B A L B A. Zubalba. Zubalba. 
I knew yeah. the F would have been a different <laughs> so that's it. it listen we have a lot of questions for you we have a lot sure. of questions for you sure. um the, the question that we it's most commonly asked all the time i know uh well i know it but you tell everyone else how you got into the paranormal <laughs> um i i think i think it's much the same as everyone else did they they grew up in a house with mm -hmm. uh, paranormal activity and uh and I was of no exception, and mm. I had my experiences there. And you know, at the time, I never, I never gave them much, much thought because I was a child, a young child then. Um, and uh, my father set me down in front of the, the, uh, the television, and, and and indoctrinated me into Star Trek and Doctor Who and things like that. So, mm -hmm. of course, that naturally inspired me further. And it was years later then, whenever I went back and, and revisited. Um, what had happened in the house that uh, that my parents finally said to me that the house is that or the house was haunted it was known as being haunted yeah. and I explained them what I had seen because up until then we never knew as children oh. my parents always kept that away from the kids right. yet the kids were having their experiences mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you know it's diff different times you know and, right. and then from there mm -hmm. then of course my natural curiosity um as to uh, who, why, what, and when, um, naturally mm -hmm. drew me to to delve into things, and you know, and and and, and embracing my Celtic heritage, you know, I, I I really embraced this aspect of of the other worlds, and and I wanted yeah. to know more. <clears throat> Hi, Bridget. Hi, Nigel. Um, I think we all, when we were younger, we all get, you know, I would come from a family of eleven, typically Irish. And I was that odd child. I, if I wasn't a twin, I, I, I'm that different child. I would have been like found or whatever. So things would happen. Yeah, things would happen when we were younger. Um, anything that happened that when we were younger, everything the paranormal that frightened you to the to the point like really was negative. Like you know when we have experiences the paranormal and so on, and they do frighten us when we're younger. Anything happened that? Yeah. Made there are aspects of that of course that, that, that did happen over over the course of, of growing up mm. uh, but I, I think as as children predominantly up until the age of six you know the child's mind's going to be predominantly within the theta brain rhythm which is perfect for for a child to commune with whatever is is coming through that, that particular doorway um but also between the ages of seven and 13, there's a filter that thickens over the eye that narrows our spectral resonance. Um, so as adults, for a majority of people, we can't see what we saw as children. Um, it's just not feasible anymore. The, the filter's just thick, too thick for them. Um, but I, I think there are combinations there. There, there are biological com uh, combinations of, of things that aid a child to do what a child does. Um, and for, for many times, for, for many occasions or instances, the children have their experiences and they go on about life and, and they, they forget what, what happened back then. Um, but uh, sometimes, sometimes things last a little longer um, and, uh, and that, can be, that can be problematic sometimes. Or it can be a steering mechanism to put us onto a path that we need to be on. Yeah, I was going to say they're the lucky ones. Maybe some of them think they're not lucky. But I mm. would consider them lucky. And I did say before, I think the long, I, I know when I started off in the field and 
Oh, I tell you, I was like the blind leading the blind. I would lead you into a cave smelling of sulfur with horns sticking from a wall. You know, it's okay. Come on in. <laughs> now, as I got older, I'm still the same way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little bit, a little bit better. I mean, I'm open, my mind is open more. I hear, I, when I say I hear more, it's like I get, I get names. I mm. could be sitting in a room say, Patricia, Patrick, John, Tommy, is it you? Are you here? And, you know, and the guy's looking at me saying, Jenny, is it happening again? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but when we do the playback and the recorder, I have been right. And like I said last night, you know, my work here is done. I got a name <laughs> in my mind. I got it on the recorder. Yeah. I'm going to start charging. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think when when it closes, but then it opens again because you're in the field a long time, so you let yourself be Yes, yeah, there are techniques in which you can you can embrace and and utilize that when you're when you're investigating or general life. You know, you, you move right. into a place and suddenly your senses perk up and you go, Oh, I'm not alone here. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you you can either choose to, you know, take a moment and, and communicate or you can say Back off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have my own things to do. <laughs> I'll close, close it again and just say no. And, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I, like, I, the guys look at me and laugh at me when I get names. And I have a name and it's stuck with me in one location, Petulia. And they look at me and say, Jenny, really? And I'm like, I'll find her. I know she's here. Mm. I will find her. I, it, the name is, you know, when it's just stuck in your head and it won't go away. Maybe it's yes. because I want to prove it to them. Mm. And hear it, but I know when we were out in the field in our editing location, and uh, I said, I think there's a Rebe someone with an O name, and I was going Rosemary, Rachel, Rebecca, but it's an O name. We listen back in the recorder, and you can hear Rebecca. Mm. And I'm like, I told you, yeah. <laughs> I told you, I'm not going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But things like that. So, yeah, things can open up again, or like you said, you can choose to close them that mm -hmm. uh, you don't want to go along with it. Um, yeah, you know, when, whenever I was, whenever I uh, I wrote the book, uh, the influence which which examined um, how attachments um, corrupt our our bodies and um, to their advancements, um, and uh, and how we can turn that around. But initially, whenever I was writing the book, I, I was clearly warned um, not to become too bright or they see you. Um, and I think when we use our abilities, that's 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 one thing, you know. And we have to remember that bright lights attract flies. Hey. And uh, um, just to ask, you were saying about the the experience started when you were quite young in your mm -hmm. home. So, do you remember the point when you revisited the paranormal as you got older? What got you back into it? Was it something that happened, or was it just reliving what you experienced as you were a kid? Um. No, I, I think I think the curiosity was generally always there. There was no real um, catalyst to to throw me back into it um, mm -hmm. per se. Um, now there was there were there was a few instances in you know my teens where I was I was definitely challenged, mm -hmm. but but no, I, I think I think that natural curiosity was there all along. Cool, and being like going into it as a you know, as a profession, you know, how did you get yourself into it? So what kind of things did you do? Did you have someone that mentored you into the paranormal or how did you teach yourself to do what you do a, now? A huge amount of it was self-taught. 
Um, and and there are there are obviously you know there's a lot of reading to be done, mm-hmm. and and there are great teachers out there that, that are now gone, you know, but their their words still exist within the pages of, of their work. Um, and there's been some great in, information there, and and some great researchers that that have done amazing work, and you know the the, the likes of uh, of Jacques Vallée is another perfect example, though he's still with us. Um, but uh, Jacques has done amazing work within within the the, the world of, of ufology, but also the greater world of, of the paranormal, because um, like Jacques, um, we we have identified that that there is a common thread that runs through. A huge amount of the activity, um, and um, so th- there are there are a huge amount of people who who you know influenced my my perspective, um, but uh, but a lot of it was self taught, and um, a lot of it was for me it was important that I had to experience the phenomena. Mm-hmm. For me to experience it, then I was able to break it down, um, and and that that went right across the board. And 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 even to the point where where um, I was having those experiences with with the incubus succubus attacks, but during that particular experience, I was able to break it down. I was able mm. to analyze it, and I was able to see its weakness. So that was very very important because from from my experiences, I hopefully was then able to push that across to folks who needed to know answers. To how to try and stop that and understand the doors that were being opened to allow this to happen. Mm. So, and, and that to me was important as well. Definitely. Um, I know you, you obviously you've investigated in Ireland. Where's your favorite place to investigate? Um, I love the west of Ireland. Um, yes. But uh, I don't think I would have one singular place that would be my favorite um outside possibly of, of of the cave systems here in the west oh. um i'm i'm always amazed by the activity that happens there um so out, outside of that I, I suppose i i would have to tip my hat as well toward the the ancient neolithic passage chambers um mm. have amazing experiences there as well can you tell us um, a bit about it um well to, to the point where where these people appeared, um, and it was it was at that particular um, important time in the evening. Timing is everything. I keep repeating that time and time again. And I had I had made my 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 bed on the remains of the old Neolithic chamber, and I was just waiting on the on the sun to finally drop down behind the the hills. Aye. When I turned around, and there was three people climbing onto the other passage chamber beside me, and I thought, where the hell did they come from? Um, but I, clearly, I was able to see them. I was able to identify what they were wearing and everything else. Okay. And uh, and I, I got up then because I wanted to speak to them because this was during the uh, one of the the legend seekers um, stories that we were working on. And this place was known as as being a um, the hill of the fairy. So these three people appeared on top of this ancient passage chamber, and I thought, who the hell are they? But hmm. I finished writing what I was what I was writing in, in my notebook, and it was only seconds. But in the process of me turning my head, because it was the only thing above the 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 wall, because there was a bit of a wind coming in, and I knew that they had saw me. 
I, I didn't see them their reaction, but I knew that they had saw me at that particular moment. And I thought, well, I must I must speak to them and ask them have they seen anything unusual apart from my head above the parapets. <laughs> um, and uh, and I, I I turned to get up and they were gone. And I thought, Jesus, did they did they end up going into that passage chamber? Because I thought it collapsed, but it mustn't have. I must be wrong. And I, I went across, and the passage chamber was sealed. Uh, so I, and and I could clearly see six miles in any direction of this place. Oh. And I thought, oh my gosh. where did these people go? They're wearing primary colours. I should be able to see them mm. clearly, but they, they yeah. weren't there. So I noted it down anyway as as being unusual. <laughs> um, but I went back to, to to base camp, and I was working with the camera and the damn camera that I was using. Every time I I, I switched off the the flash it kept coming back on again and what i didn't want was the locals in the area seeing th these flashes going off on the top of the hill of the ferry that was said oh but Jesus, oh, and I, I said well i don't want to be doing that so i was cursing at the damn camera when i looked up and uh, and there was two people walking away from me i thought there's no way that they could have got past me because my peripheral vision was perfect Aye. and yet they they were walk they, they were walking clearly they, they had passed me but what was odd is that they had walked through this flock of sheep who were sitting on the floor. Now, if I walked toward the sheep, the sheep would have scattered. Yeah. But these two walked through. And I thought, this is very odd. And I had binoculars around my neck. And I looked at the binoculars, and I only saw one. And I thought, wait a minute. Something's, are these bloody binoculars broken? Because whenever I dropped, I could see two. <laughs> yeah. Lifted the binoculars again, one. And I said, what's going on here? Lifted the camera and took the shot. The camera only saw one but yet clearly i could see two and i thought am i getting double vision what's going on here but one of them was wearing was shorter than the other person was wearing a different color jacket so clearly it wasn't double vision it was something else that was going on and in those particular moments there was a lesson in that for me in that they can't lie to the camera mm -hmm. but they can't affect the conscious brain of what we think we're seeing yeah. Um, so there was a valuable lesson in that. And, you know, whenever I started then looking at, at other phenomena about how it pulls back from the cameras, because mm -hmm. we can't see what's there, where we can be easily manipulated. And now after the, there, there's a particular phenomena that, that I've coined is called the 20-second rule. Mm -hmm. When we're having an experience and an encounter with these particular types of energy, if we do not listen to our seat of our instinct, or the, the seat of our discernment within the first 20 seconds, mm -hmm. then that can be overridden. And right. there's a biological response that's going on to, mm -hmm. to the direction, and we can be fooled within if, if it goes any longer than 20 seconds. Okay, so within the first twenty seconds, go with your go with your gut instinct. Go Absolutely, your your body will your body will react. Yes, um, and and you know people will, will ask me what's of all the different bells and whistles and flashy lights, what's the best piece of equipment you can have? If you understand your own body yes. and you understand the signals that comes through it, it's the best piece of equipment mm -hmm. that you have. For sure. And you know there was there were some experiments that was done into biofeedback. And it was interesting to see the outcome of that because there were uh, people were rigged up to to a computer system, and uh, the computer randomly selected uh, images of of kittens and, and babies laughing and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. And and 
as the photographs were recirculated and, and reselected by the computer randomly, not, mm -hmm. not by a human intervention, right. um, what was noticed is that our skin resistance lowered because we liked what we were seeing. There was no threat there. Yes. So our skin resistance lowered. But the moment that the computer selected um, a photograph of a, of a very nasty car accident, mm -hmm. Um, our skin resistance shot up. We didn't like what we seen, okay. and so and what was what was interesting as those experiments continued to roll out is that the body started reacting milliseconds before the computer selected the photograph. Oh, oh my god! Words, the body was detecting what was coming and and altering its adjustment, okay, um, to prepare us for what was about to happen. In other words, we were starting to detect the future milliseconds ahead. Okay. Um, and, and that particular response instigated our, our fight or flight. And that in itself is the manifestation of our uh, soul, if you like. It's, it's that mm. warning aspect. Be prepared to something that's happening here. And, you know, 75% of, of houses are, are, are sold on feelings. Well, what is it whenever we walk into a room and it's, it's just four plain walls and we say, oh, I like this. This, this is nice. It feels nice. Yeah. Um, or likewise, we could walk in and we go, no, I don't like this. And we leave without making an offer. What is that feeling? That is your gift of discernment. That is your, your instinct. Your soul is channeling these yeah. and manifesting through your body and telling you if you react and, and you get a bad sensation, the adrenaline starts getting released, the hair goes up in the back of your neck. That is your intuition telling you, be aware. Um, um, if your body reacts within the first 20 seconds of the encounter, and it reacts in that way, you got to be careful. Oh, my gosh. Um, and what tends to happen is that after 20 seconds, that can be overridden. So... We're then pushed into a, a theta band rhythm where you can have false memory implanted, hypnotic regression, or hypnosis can also be applied at that particular instance. Fear can also shut us down so that we mm -hmm. can't move. Um, and we see this time and time again. Midjugorje is a perfect example of that, where the three children who mm -hmm. saw this white entity on the hill, um, and the three children were stunned in fear. They couldn't move. If an entity is coming to me and it means no threat, it does not need to tell me, do not be afraid. If I'm being afraid, there's a reason for it and you're damn well lying to me. And um, that's, that's, that's the 20 second rule. If our body reacts within the first 20 seconds and our fight or flight cuts in, there's a reason for it. We need to listen to that. And see, they laugh at me when I say I don't want to go to the bathroom on my own on one particular location because I know there's someone there. And they <laughs> laugh at me because I don't want to go on my own. So if somebody says I'm going to the bathroom, wait for me, I'll come with you. Mm. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's amazing that uh, I've been in groups of people and, and paranormal activity has happened. And when it happens, maybe you're in a group of 10 people, it's amazing to see or, or feel how much you feel alone within that group. Yes. Um, yeah, totally. Strange experience. Hmm. Yeah. With with, with um, you, you're saying about connecting with spirits, right? Um, and this soul. That I, I soul, not, not, not spirits. Soul. Souls. Souls. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. How can you? How do you determine if it's a good or a bad 
do you know um is it a sense of smell a feeling you know how have you picked up to know what you're dealing with because a lot of people go on yeah. investigations and they don't really know what they no, could they be dealing with. so how have you how do you determine what you're dealing with do they give you a sign or a sense that comes with experience you're not you're not going to learn that um within a week that, no. that, that, that that takes a long time to master um but also with that um like the book that i wrote there the deceptions of gods and men um i tend i tend to rule it now i suspect everything until proven different un, until proven otherwise mm -hmm. and so there's always caution there when i'm dealing with what's coming through um and humanity i, I see this time and time again and that when we're we're dealing with something that's coming through and possibly maybe people are using Ouija boards or they're using some type of, of bells and whistle design that's out in new out in the market now. Um mm -hmm. that uh, that they're saying, well, we've made contact with this and is your name Michael? Bing bing, there the, the, it goes and, 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 and all this all this go, all this goes ahead. But usually what tends to happen is that possibly they're told four lies and one truth. And what we tend to do is ignore the four lies and just concentrate on the one truth. Oh, it's it's okay. No, it's not okay. If it lied to you once, it's going to damn well lie to you again. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that caution needs to be instilled back into the research field. Mm -hmm. uh, now, don't get me wrong. There are great encounters out there to be had, but there is a huge amount of deception. Um, and we need, to, we need to, 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 to really work on that and expose it. I definitely. In, reg in regards, in regards to the sensation that comes within the twenty-second rule, um, and and also what tends to happen um, is that uh, groups nowadays they tend to meet up before they they, they go to they go to various mm -hmm. events or, or or haunted locations, whatever the case may be. Maybe they meet up in in a fast food restaurant or something, get something to eat, and then they head out. Yeah. Find sugar is our nemesis refined sugar can actually shut down our gift of discernment okay i'm with you on that. that that can be exceptionally detrimental especially when you're blinding the best piece of equipment you have before you go to an investigation you can no longer tell whether this is right or wrong yeah i understand that i remember only two weeks ago i was out in location and myself and the group said right we're going to be here for the night we're going to grab some food beforehand mm -hmm. and we got ordered food in and so on and i said oh geez we're all going to need a nap after this mm. it shut us down and let me tell you it was it's a location i've been doing for the last six or seven years and i know the place and yet when well, you yeah. think i know it but there's a lot more to it mm. there's a lot more to it we 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 had no energy yeah, yeah. we had no energy we got one or two things um we got one or two things. Um, we were tired because mm -hmm. we had we had takeaway food and we were tired. And um, I totally understand that. There's a lot a, a lot of sensitives um, within within the field who mm. who will see themselves reaching for the likes of chocolate. Mm. Um, unconsciously, they're reaching for chocolate. No, they could be at home. You know, they're not during an investigation. I mean, in their daily right. lives, they're starting to reach more for sugar, um, because the sugar quietens the impulses, 
and yeah. so they become and that becomes more problematic to the medium initially at the, at the beginning it was fine it was it was just something to take the edge off and um, yeah. but uh, but the problem is that we, we of course in itself sugar is exceptionally addictive and um, mm. can, can really become a problem and that then blinds us to what is coming through um, and, and looking in particular for those little um, um, pieces of information that we tend to spot that goes, right. wait a minute, you're not what you say you are. Um, and we tend to miss those. So now I have to tell my team, give me your daily, give me your day diet or your no <laughs> before investigation. <laughs> Mail me what you've had that day. <laughs> energy drink, drinks or anything like that. And I know one of the girls, Lulu, brings an energy drink and it says no sugar. I don't believe it. <laughs> Lulu, no more monsters. <laughs> and even 12 hours before we do an investigation. Because yeah. I know we were out there tonight night and we didn't eat. Mm -hmm. It was a great night. Same location. Great night. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now there we go. You heard it from Barry. No sugar. I want to know. Well, you know, even even from from the perspective of of the religious rites and things like that, I'm not going to get religion involved with anything. But um, before they go into into spiritual battle, you know, they'll go into yeah. fast. Um, yeah. So there are reasons for that. For so that, no, no sugar. Louise so, is watching. She's watching. <laughs> so before you start an investigation, Barry, um, when you go out on location. Do you have a routine that you would follow the same thing every time before you start an investigation? Like yes. I said, you, well, what your are your preps? <laughs> Note the quickest way out. <laughs> oh, hey. you know what? You're the first person. I say that all the time. You know, oh. if I'm going to go somewhere, you know, like we've gone into tunnels. And yeah. the first thing I always have in the back of my mind is the way I come in is the way I've got. And I'll be the first one out. So I do mm -hmm. take note of that, like the quickest route out of there. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad I'm not the only one that actually says it. Um, but Nando, that, that's you, you know, Nando. We know you. Nando would be the first one out of the building. If he hears something, he's the first one. Now, I haven't, I haven't worked with, <laughs> work with Nando, but himself and his lovely wife, Sarah, and we were talking last week, and Sarah was saying, like, oh, Nando has anything. He, he, you know, if they're sleeping overnight, he's up and he leaves. And I'm like, but that's the best part. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I think for me, I initially got into this, Barry, with, you know, because my wife's been doing this for a number of years now. And and i got to be honest, at first, yeah. I didn't believe it, you know, because, and I'm not going to go too much into it, but sometimes when you watch things on YouTube and you watch on TV, sometimes it does give that feel that it's not real, if you get what mm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I experienced something myself that that sort of triggered it like there was an evening and i've said this to jenny many times before um my kids were in bed sarah is in bed and i yeah. sometimes stay up and i watch a bit of tv mm -hmm. and i don't know if you know but do you know like those big fire doors that you've got to really push the handle down so it opens so mm -hmm. it's closed mm -hmm. so i know no breeze could wish that open you know the door mm -hmm. handle literally pushed down and flew open and i kid you not i saw a full apparition of my grandfather walk through and he come mm -hmm. and sat next to me. And I know I was awake because I've never run upstairs so fast in my life to, mm -hmm. to, to get into bed. And that is sort of triggered that sort of, like you were saying, it made me a spark an interest to what is real and what isn't. And you sort of- and an, interesting thing that you, an interesting thing that you just said there, you said that you ran upstairs. 
Sarah mm. <laughs> <laughs> must have thought there was going to be a disco happening the way I run into the bedroom. But why? <laughs> why? Why did you run in fear? If you you saw your uncle or you saw your grandfather, but yet you ran in fear? Because I'm. Why, well, Nando? Good question. Because I know it was looking back on it now. You know, I think you know he wasn't there to scare me, but I think because I've never believed in it, I used to. Mm. Not being rude. Now I've got a lot of respect for the field, but before I think where I didn't understand it, you know, and I and I apologise if this offends anyone, but I don't mean it. I used to go, "Oh, you're going to go and play Ghostbusters with your friends," you know, because I was one of those people that. But since then, it just—I don't know why it scared me though. I think because I never expected it to happen to me, and the way. Well, you see, here's here's the thing in regards to that aspect of of understanding the impulses. Um, your body reacted because it may not have been your grandfather. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, do you know what? I never thought of it like that. You're welcome. But yeah, that, that sort of got me you know, but then when you're, um, I'm sure when you're getting into the, f the field and you're learning, you start realizing that things that you don't agree with necessarily, or mm. it doesn't work for you. So going through this process for you, what kind of things would you say are your key ways of working? Like with equipment, do you tend to use any equipment or do you rely on your own instincts? No, I, 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 do, I do use equipment, but I prefer equipment to do what it's designed to do. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I prefer to let equipment do what it's, and that I don't have to be at it all the time. I, um, yeah. I think the problem that we face is that we're trying to understand this, um, this invisible world, um, and and we're trying to use instruments mm. that detect things in this world. Um, and and what we tend to do is, if we if we're holding, uh, I see a lot of apps now which are completely disastrous, um, which are available on the phones now, yeah. and and people are running around with it in their hands and they're they're watching what the screen's doing. Mm -hmm. What it actually is doing is locking the brain into the left hand hemisphere. Our instinct resides within the right hand hemisphere. So, our world, our world today is designed to keep us locked consciously in the left. We're not meant to drift into the, the other side, that other that other invisible world. And yeah. so if we're using too much equipment, that can keep us locked out from having that experience from the other side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we need to try and find a balance there. And and I find too much equipment can can really create an imbalance. But that I always say that the more you have out, the less you you get like because mm -hmm. like you said you're concentrating on, on the equipment equipment mm -hmm. and not what's happening in front of you that's why there, I there are, well there are other aspects to the equipment as well that that, oh. I, that, that I think we we need to address here in, in that the likes of um full spectrum cameras um, mm -hmm. I, I was the one who who created that that particular title um and the only reason it was it was called a full spectrum camera is because i wasn't allowed to use fuji because of copyright. Okay. Uh, yeah. It was a Fuji camera that I had altered to allow me to see a greater band of the spectrum. Um, and they said, well, we can't call it a Fuji. You're going to have to call it something else. And I went, mm -hmm. full spectrum. Um, so that's where it come from. 
but the but the principle behind the full spectrum camera was to mimic the child's eye it was to be able to see into the environment without creating obstacles within the environment and nowadays we have full spectrum cameras that are available on ebay and things like that and you have to use these huge banks of lights yeah that is already destabilizing the environment that's not yeah. what the full spectrum camera was designed to do because when the manifestation begins to occur whether it's coming through the ultraviolet or whether it's coming through the infrared either opposing lights light spectrum whether it be ultraviolet or infrared can uh, can uh, destabilize the manifestation mm -hmm. so that's not what we want to do and we wonder why are we not getting anything in these cameras well number one is that you don't understand the field and and, and infrared can actually burn the manifestation and mm. um, so the likes in the show and, and, uh, that we were filming back in the day i was i was continually at the the, uh, the camera operators can you dial down your infrared okay uh, and uh, and that we were having an experience from that but i have to say and I'm, 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 I'm kudos to to the the cameraman that i had and um, the snapper um he will he will forever um reside within good thoughts within my head um and, and may he rest in peace but mm -hmm. uh, that guy knew whenever i was out there and i i began to work in that particular environment mm -hmm. um, and and jenny you'll understand this when you go into a particular room and you begin to work he got that yeah he knew that okay. i did not like residual light and especially yeah. from from the from the the, the 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 viewing monitor that was on the cameras right. but he sensed it he knew whenever i was going to work because i didn't have to say anything he just quietly closed the cover over and i was i was immersed in darkness that's so good that allowed me to work and, and it was absolutely spectacular and it's so easy when you have someone like that working with you that yes just, uh -huh. makes it yeah. a little bit easier yeah. that you know they got they got it mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. you on the same level which is perfect yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. perfect is there any location that you that that i know i've said this before any location that you would never go back to again mm -hmm. oh, oh okay i'll continue with that question there was one here in ireland actually and, uh, and it's it's known we encountered it on the uh, on the uh, legend seeker series and yeah. we called it the island of the dead when we had we had our encounter mm. 10 years later that we actually found out that that's exactly what it was an island of the dead um so its impact you know um, stretched a long way but it the encounters that i had on that island scared mm. me so much that i said if, if I ever come across that again, we're done. That's it. I, out of this game, I don't want anything to do with that again. It was so intense. What happened? Um, and it's an, it's an island where uh, you would have gone to commune with. It's, it's, it's wrapped up within serpent worship and, and ancestral worship. It's the old pagan ways. And whenever I say the old pagan ways, I mean the old, old pagan okay. ways. I'm not talking the Druid stuff and all that stuff, Hi. 500 BC. I'm talking about thousands of years before that. Um, and this was a place that you went to, to to get your advice from the doorway, the gatekeepers. And, mm. and, and whether you were kings or whether you were priests, um, they came from across Europe to go to this particular mm. place in Donegal. Mm. And... Uh, and we you know 
you'll understand this, Jen, as well, that you hear many stories and you think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we went completely unprepared. Um, I was planning on uh, going to Donegal for my summer holidays. <laughs> <laughs> it is a nice place, generally. Um, it is but, a fabulous uh, place, but now I might just say, <laughs> back later. But this, loca this, location was, this location was tough. And we've come across other locations as well. There was one. There was one, in fact, that we were we were writing about. Um, and in Legend Seekers, I have to say, mm. all the places that we experienced, all all the experiences that we had, all the history behind it, and everything else, we put down in the book. We even put down GPS coordinates, so people could go and experience oh. that for themselves. And there was there was information in there who you need to contact to get permission and everything else. And it was all I... all, all above board. But there was one place. One place um, further down the country, I'll say, and it was on top of a mountain. Mm. And and this particular place um, was known for a long time for a, for a place being very troubled. Okay. Uh, in fact, to give you um, an example, there was people killed on on site mm -hmm. through through accidents, and new equipment that was being brought onto the site failed to work. And they took it off the site, and it worked again. Brought it back, oh, okay. still didn't work. Um, and uh, there were there were uh, electronic issues, technical issues, um, and and this there was a particular path that that this energy walked, and it it went from from the tool shed across the yard and into the series of offices, um, on the other side, makeshift offices. And one of the guys was in the tool shed, and he was sawing timber when he was clubbed in the back of the head and fell forward and took his fingers off with the saw. Um, the, the, the figure was seen walking across into the, uh, into the, uh, the offices and they gave chase and went in the offices, no one was there. Now there was, there was a, an Italian lad. He ended up staying, he was a driver for the, for the company and he stayed in, in, in the, the apartment above the offices. He brought in, all sorts of manners of religious iconography um, within within the place because um, he felt safer there. When he went to town and came back, even though the door was locked, the the religious statues were smashed to smithereens. In fact, powder. Now he was he was sure someone was someone someone of this company was doing this, um, and it got to a stage where even the door was being taken off the hinges eventually, and it says this can't continue. So they brought the church in. The church exercised the place four times. And on the fourth time, it says, we can't do this again. We've come across this in, in Africa. And my, our best advice is leave it. Just shut up shop. Hmm. And the, the, the young Italian lad, he brought in dogs. He brought in German shepherds. And uh, they, were, they, were, they were trained to do the job that they were trained to do. And this thing murdered the four of them. Oh wow! It was it was like nothing I had ever come across before, and and I ended up going there um, with the co-author, and, and of course, of course uh, my uh, my my sidekick Max, my four-legged yeah, yeah. huge big white dog. Yeah, German Shepherd. Yeah, him that picked it up first, and whenever it came to the edge of the tree line, and uh, and I couldn't see it, but he could. And I was watching him, watches, watching his reactions whenever it made us, whenever it finally made its, mm. its, its itself known to me, and uh, that's something I, <laughs> I would definitely advise against. And that was the one story 
the one story that we didn't supply GPS coordinates for because we shouldn't be there. Oh my God. So basically both of that place up with steel doors and chains and never to be going into. See, but that's me now. I'd want to go in because I'm mm. curious, Jenny, and that's mm. why I get myself into trouble. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was in a location up in County Antrim, Shane's Castle. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Fabulous. I started mm-hmm. off there. Let me tell you, if you're going in deep in the paranormal, that's what I started. I used to do that location every single month for six or seven years, if not more. Mm-hmm. Religiously, we, we did Shane's every single month, maybe twice a month, with a different mm-hmm. team that I was on before. Let me tell you, when you're learning or training in with the paranormal, you know, uh, that's a bloody place that will kick you up your ass and make you respect. <laughs> let me tell you we were up one night and we were doing uh the team founder was doing a reenactment mm. and they didn't like him in this tunnel they, you know have you been in the tunnels oh yeah yeah many yeah times. so it's it's okay let me tell you we 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 were we they used to have down to the very bottom of the tunnels with the infrared camera and so on so you'd have to walk down one by one stop in the middle mm. Turn your torch off. Then we only had the torch on to see where we're footing is because it's on level. And uh, and then we stopped for like t- five minutes to see it. And you could feel as if someone was sniffing around you, you know, because you're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I always said, is it possible to see black against black? Because when you're in those tunnels and all the lights are off, you cannot see. And many times we've had leaped out editing many like, oh, my God, yeah, pucker, you know, because you're standing, you're walking into people and they frighten the bejesus out of you. Yeah, and yeah. So we did a reenactment and geez, I was, I was only new in the field. And I said, you know, he said to me, Jen, you're going to provoke. I said, well, I don't like to provoke. I don't want to provoke. It's not okay to, to, to do it. I was new in the field and we, you know, he had guests with them and whatnot. So I, I did, I did. And you know, there was army men there, the Spanish, French and so on in those tunnels. So of course I, I, I did, I wouldn't, you know, if you told me to do it now, I'll tell you where to go. But, um, so I did what I had to do. So coming to the end of the night, um, uh, we were splitting up. I had my group with me. So I was going back down to the area where we had done the provoking. <laughs> that's, where, that's where Jenny got a lesson. Walked, <laughs> walked in, and I never have smelt it to this day, the smell of sulfur burnt mm-hmm. hair in your nostrils. Mm-hmm. You, you know when you get an irritant on top of your throat and it, it, it reacts? All of that, it was... It was a punch in the face. I've never smelled anything like it to this day. Mm-hmm. And I wish, you know, if, if others who never smelled it before would, you know, get inside my head and understand how thick it was. Yeah. So we walked in and one of the women said, you know, I don't think we should come in. And I'm like, well, no, we now know they're here. They're pissed mm-hmm. with us. We're going to keep going in. This is why I'm like the blind being the blind. I will get them all yeah. into trouble. Yeah. So um, I said, no, we're going to keep going in. She said, no, no, no. We ended up kept going in and walking up towards well, we had done the reenactment in the uh, priest area where there's a hole mm-hmm. where it was thrown down. And uh, and then I decided we had public with us and I'm like, fine, for the safety of those, we'll leave and come back out. So I did say, I don't know why we're leaving if they know we're here and we know that they're here. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of the public, we, we left. And within 15 seconds of saying that, it was like the matrix. I, I, I couldn't bend my back now today, but back mm-hmm. In the day where it was like the matrix where something ran face to face or ran through me where I had lost my hearing I closed my eyes and I was kind of like going back slowly like the matrix and coming back up like it was underwater yeah, yeah, yeah. and um 
I kind of linked to my friend and I said quietly, get me out, just take me out, get me out. And then I rationalized my head to say, um, don't panic. You lose it if you panic. Mm-hmm. Just get the people out. It took me about a month or two to go back. And when I went back, I apologized. Mm. Oh, yes, I apologized. Yeah. 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 So it is, it's a, it's, um, it's, it's a learning place where to go if you're starting off the paranormal. Go to Shane's Castle in the, in the tunnels. Yeah. Uh, tunnels and caves can be very, very tricky because mm-hmm. the the laws that tend to dictate the surface don't apply when you when you end up going to the caves and the tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the likes of uh, incubus, succubus. If you go all the way back um, to to the likes of the incubus and succubus, mm-hmm. um, these these ancient Semitic demons, if you like, mm-hmm. um, they attack. Uh, nine times out of ten, they'll attack women more so than men. Um, but they attack whenever the iron count is low. Um, so they they will wait. And, and normally what they tend to do is wait until the women especially enter their monthly cycle and become anemic. So right. that, that is the doorway to allow a physical attack to happen, um, is that the, the, the iron drops in, in the system. Iron although you could wear an iron amulet around your neck or whatever um but iron when you when you descend into the underworld does no longer it no longer works so there are laws down there that we're still trying to come to terms with and trying to understand um but iron iron is one of them um and uh, and can be very a very very tricky place to to deal with. I was I was in a um, whenever I was in Zabalba, we we had our experiences there, and I came back, and I went to an old mine um, in County Antrim. Now this mine had been closed for forty five years, and uh, and I, I got the permission to go in, and there was there was uh, three other lads came in with me, one of the door, uh, to make sure that. Uh, there were no cave-ins and things like that and i went in with the camera systems and, and everything and i got photographs whenever i was in but it was interesting that that when we were in and and th- this this particular mine goes around i think it was three miles under the mountain and the the camera was pointing forward into the main shaft and i, I pressed i pressed the the, the camera shutter to take the, the shot and everyone went quiet and it was in those moments that we heard this thing calling to us from within the mine shaft to go further in. Now, I'd, I'd had encounters with these before, and I knew that you, you really don't get involved with these. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and this particular phenomena continued. Now, the two guys were they were they were convinced that has to be our guy at the at the, at the door. He must be in the cell phone or whatever the story is. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong here. It has to be him. And when the camera shots were all taken and uh, and we were starting to head out, I was the last one out. And the, t- the two lads exited pretty quickly and started interrogating their friend at the door, um, to which he says, no one was here. And I wasn't on the phone. I was very quiet. I backed into the corner and that was it. That's where I was. But on my way out, there was, a, there was another shaft to my left just as I was about to come out. And the voice was there asking me to, to follow it. And I went, Nope. And, uh, My um, curiosity would get me into trouble because I probably would. <laughs> well, you see, in, in Zabulba, whenever we followed it in Zabulba, we went yeah. further than the general public and everything had been in. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that when you've got a camera crew behind you and you've yeah. got two other cast, um, the when we reached 
the spot where we knew this thing was. It was it was just, it was behind a, a, a you know the main t- turn of, of of the tunnel system um, which was only 50 yards away we could we could see it and we knew that this thing was behind there and um, it was that close we could almost touch it but the floor of the cave dropped off we were already waist deep in water and the floor of this cave dropped off into a depth that we couldn't see the bottom and that's what we had to cross to get to this other side and i looked around at everybody and i said we've gone far enough this oh. is not and, and the cave guides that led us in there they were saying do not follow these things because our grandfathers have told us about these they will kill you and i've had many encounters with these right across the world in many different cave systems and, and tunnel systems um so um i think there, there's further investigation needs to be done but yeah. be very very careful with it. It, it it's it's a different kettle of fish it's not like it's not like the surface dwellers See what I'd like, I tell you, what I'd like um would be to find out what's happening in it from my living room and watch it on TV. So anybody who wants to cross those deeper waters to go and out with a glass of wine, waiting yeah. to hear what happened. <laughs> you you're yeah. talking about like the incubus succubus. Um mm. You know, and I've heard a lot of stories about them. You know, I've done some reading on them. But in your opinion, how do you think they get into our world? Is it something that we've done by doing our investigations? Or is it like a ritual that someone's done that's allowed them access? How do you think they got here in the first place? Um, I think we have to adjust our mindset. They were here first. Um, And uh, it's us that came second. Um, but the the problem the the problem is that that we live in a society now where we we have to have everything now, um, and all our information has to be now, and and when when we open doorways when we investigate, um, we tend not to close them again. Aye. Um, and that that can be a problem. And maybe we went to we went to an old mill or something, and 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 and. We don't have any encounters there, but we've tried. We've tried to reach out. We have put the intent into into reaching out. We've opened that doorway. And maybe nothing has come through. And we say, oh, there's nothing here. And we leave. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing there that night. But two weeks later, or two months later, mm-hmm. that door is still open. Yeah, sure. And, and that can be a problem. And, and I think today, and more so than any, any time in human history, we have a lot of spare time. And uh, and there's a lot of our spare time goes into hunting ghosts and mm. and, and all the rest, um, and uh, and I think that has that have that may have caused an issue, um, okay. partial a partial issue there, um, because yeah. um, there there have been things here long before we were. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, few places I want to ask you about uh, Hellfire Club in Dublin. Mm. You've been there. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen, I've seen. What did you think of it? I've been a few times. Personally, I didn't like it, um, and uh, and I think I think from from our uh, physical health, it's mm-hmm. probably a place that we probably should stay away from. Um, yeah. Um, I, so I, I, I tend to look. I tend to look for places that's that's a bit more safe. Um. Um. From from. You know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of drugs and down in Dublin, and uh, and that can be problematic. Completely, yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was there, I, I was last summer, 
and I had some of my team members with me and one of them was taking one of the members there was only three of us there in the daytime mm. uh, I wouldn't I probably I definitely wouldn't know I wouldn't go at night time but anyhow so the two of them left the Hellfire Club and went down further afield they mm. I think she wanted to show him some edge and or part or whatever and I could see them but when they became became dots and I'd come on, come back. And then I turned around thinking, oh, my God, I'm in the Hellfire Club on my own. I don't go to the bathroom on my own, OK? Let's just know this. Mm. And I'm thinking, we're in, I'm standing in the Hellfire Club on yeah. my own. So I'm, I'm on the second floor. So I'm thinking now I can go down the stairs, but Jennifer's not going to do that. Or I can go through the bars in the window and jump out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I stood there and I thought if I let my mind know that they that I know I'm here on my own, like the fear, opening myself to fear, they will know, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. read my mind. So I'm kind of like, mm-hmm, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm a big, brave girl. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, I know you're here, but I'm going to pretend that I don't know you're here. And if I know you're here and you know I'm here, then we both know we're here. And then yeah. she'll be on her own. <laughs> And a man's club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there have been there have been a few more that I've been in. Um, and in fact, in fact, I'm investigating a place at the minute down in uh, in County Ross Common, um, oh, between between the ancient gods making their appearance and uh, and, and and spirits and and UFOs and, and all mm. that. Everything seems to be coming out of this damn doorway. Um, oh, and but you need a boat to to access it um and thankfully i have one but uh but yeah it's it's a it's been an investigation ongoing now for the past two years um it, it's 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 stunning an absolute yeah. stunning location and uh, even even to the point where wb yeats and the and the um yeah. they call the the golden dawn they even tried yeah. to acquire this place um so obviously there there was enough interest in it for them to want to access this and gain control of it and there's plenty of islands and in ireland you know you know in crooks and crannies and there is one particular one i can't remember the name the name of it but i do i can't remember the name of it but it's it's like a castle on an island Mm. and i don't know where i can't remember where it is Uh, and you do have to get a boat over to it now there are many, but um, there's Castle Island, which is down in in Boyle, um, and, uh, and yeah, that's that's a, an absolutely beautiful location. It's just, well. it's just isolated. It's just the yeah, beautiful uh, island. And and there's another one. There's another one in uh, in Kildare, um, uh, and uh, and yeah, there, there are there are quite a few. You know, it was back in the day. It was it was a great thing for for. For uh, safety, to build your location within within the island. Yeah, is there any places that you haven't been to but you really, really want to go to? Uh, there was one place that I that I, I was at, but I never got to investigate it. Um, and it's an old fort up in Donegal again. Um, it's called Leenan Fort, and uh, and it's right. it's an old fort that was built in I want to say the eighteen hundreds. It's the, the majority of this is underground. Um, oh, I like that. It is pristine whenever I say it's underground. But I can't find an owner. Nobody seems to know. I've been looking for locals. I went through the military. I went through the archives. And nobody seems to want to admit really? that they own this place. <laughs> um, but the doors are open. 
I, I just went I just walked into it off the street um and wow. it's absolutely a, a staggering place I, 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 I never got around to investigating that one huh I never got around to investigating that one it would be interesting anything underground I love mm. mm -hmm. And I think it's just a fixation from I like it because it's less um contamination. Yes. Like I know the the Shane's Castle was beside Loch Ney. Is it Loch Ney? Am I thinking saying it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Loch Ney, yeah. It's gone, it's been many years. Um, but it's just any of your every equipment shouldn't work under the mm -hmm. ground, but they do. Mm -hmm. I like all of that. Any man-made stuff, I kind of I I go by recorders. I I'm all about I love EVPs. I love recorders. That's my thing. Video, I love the video too, but recorders is my thing. I yeah. I love it. And I've got some amazing um uh EVPs, like mind blowing, mind blowing. And mm -hmm. some of them are you know out of this world, <laughs> literally out of this world. Mm -hmm. They're just amazing. I love all of the EVPs. Um now your time with uh, Ghost Hunters International, what was your favorite place? I know there's a question up here from Marty. Um, excuse me, I can't see without my glasses. Um, Marty, you're so knowledgeable. Who uh, was your favorite person to work with on GHI Ghost Hunters? Um, yeah. I, 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 I still um, chat back and forward with, with Mr. Chin, uh, Joe oh, Chin, yeah. uh, Mr. P, Mr. Perry. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I have a few conversations there with Miss Ashley as well from down in South Carolina. Um, and uh, yeah, there, there was there was quite a few there. And um, it was it, there was a revolving door in regards cast with GHI oh. um, because oh. it was intense. And oh, and gosh. when when you know you're, you're traveling that amount, um, and uh, um, people didn't really understand that that twenty minutes of filming was a week. Um, or 20 minutes on television is a week of filming. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, one episode can be two locations. That That's two weeks filming. Right. Um, a lot. It's, it, it's a lot. And, and you know, if, if you're down in the Southern Hemisphere, you don't want to be heading home for the weekend because yeah. by the time you get home, you're going to have to go straight back again. So you're you're gone for a long time. And when you have family, that can be very, very tough. Aye. Um, but uh, there were there were a lot of, of locations that, that did stand out, and and one in particular, Dracula's Castle, um, in uh, in in the Carpathians, we ended up going to it. But the impressive thing for me happened the night before. I had this visitation, if you like, um, the night before, and it was this lady who was standing on the back of lions. She was furious, absolutely furious, that we were going to the castle. And I thought, you know, I, I came out of it and I thought, who the hell was that? Mm -hmm. And what the hell was that about? And it was 10 years later that I discovered what it was. Now, during that time at the castle, uh, we went looking for, for Vlad and we couldn't find anything. Not a thing. And we tried everything under the sun. Nothing. Absolutely nothing on top of this mountain. And, but the moment that I did switch the EVP questions, I switched it from Vlad and I switched mm -hmm. it to her. And we got one class A response, which just said, leave now. Okay. And that was my warning, leave now. Um, and I thought, who the hell was this? Mm -hmm. And Vlad, of course, um, uh, his father had had, uh, had 
had signed up to the Order of the Dragon, which is the symbol of, of the, the serpent eating its own tail. Right. And that was meant to be, so they say, um, it was meant mm -hmm. to be for the, uh, for the uh, fighting form for the Christian church and, and everything else. Uh -huh. But what I did discover is that that particular symbol was, was Babylonian in origin. It was an mm -hmm. esoteric Babylonian symbol. Um, now Vlad would have been open to that yeah. because he stayed with the the, the Sultan. Mm. Him and his brother um, Radu um, were forced to stay with the Sultan, so he was introduced to that particular aspect and, and heritage of that of that um, uh, geolocation. Um, but not only that, but the woman who stood in the back of the two lions was uh, was Ishtar, the Babylonian goddess of war. So what on earth? Were they practicing at that castle? Mm -hmm. And eight years later, that I discovered what the hell actually that all, it, 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 what it all meant. Mm -hmm. So now you know I I, I think about um, Vlad and uh, and what they were practicing back in the day and what God what kind. Um, so that that intrigued me greatly, um, but you know. There have been many encounters, and um, Hitler. Um, we we got to the closest. The closest example we got to Hitler was in Poland, um, and uh, and we were in his bunker, and that was an amazing experience. You were in uh, Hitler's bunker. Hitler's bunker. Yeah, yeah. We were in Wolfschanze. Amazing. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it was his uh, eastern uh, command post, and mm. I I had to keep the plan in my head because. The moment you visualize or the, the moment you speak it, it's out. And um, mm -hmm. so I had locked. There's a process you can do in which you keep that thought process locked in your head so that it stays mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just told people, I want you to take this, I want you to take that, I need you to do mm -hmm. this, and I need you to do that. So everybody was was laid out on the on the plan. They didn't know what the hell the plan was, but they were told mm -hmm. what to do. And we get into Hitler's bunker at a certain at a certain time, and I said, now. And we started playing. Um, there was a, a particular piece of music that Hitler enjoyed. Hitler never slept, for for the most part during during the during the night. He was up all night, and right. and it was during that particular process when suddenly it took about thirty seconds, and when everything um, was played out, about thirty seconds, then all of a sudden the place came alive. Oh, and that was the moment that we got close to Hitler. Oh, oh wow! Uh, that, uh, or, or the remnants of Hitler. That's just crazy. I mean, that's... even that, I got all this chair. Even that, it'd be that close to someone of like him. <gasps> mm. I get myself into trouble, and I have to lock my mouth sometimes. <laughs> I'm the person that asks questions that you shouldn't ask. I know one of my team members. Oh, we were in a monastery, and I'm asking the priest questions. You know, and. Uh, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. And <laughs> my one of my team members was training to be was going to train to be a priest. So, like I said before, I kind of do talk about religion sometimes, but I've learned to do it in a way that won't offend people, and I'm not there to offend anyone. But I'm the one who asks questions in a in a monastery that you probably shouldn't, but I do. I go no, there. Wouldn't ask. A lot of people wouldn't ask. Well, yes, and then when we were doing the playback, and he, because Aiden from Belfast, he goes, "You're in trouble now, Marker." <laughs> <laughs> and 
And I'm like, Aiden, don't say that. Don't say that. Because yeah. we would always get Aiden now. He's not he's not with us uh, on the team anymore just for a while because he's not uh, he's doing other things and so on. But we would get him to call out in prayers in French and German. Mm. And because um, he'd know prayers a lot more better than I would. I, we had one of the guys, Alan, and I think Lou is still watching. And we were doing a prayer out and Alan was doing a prayer out. And uh, we had to tell him what the next line was. And I'm like, <laughs> go to church much, Alan. No, because he didn't know the whole prayer. And, uh, and you mumble when you don't know the rest of the line, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went uh, into this monastery and we, we'd walk up these steps. It's in rooms in... Um, where is it? It's in Tipperary. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we walked up these steps and uh, there was these headstones. And I'd say to Aidan, why are these up steps and on the ground? He goes, they'd be higher. Mm-hmm. I said, right, turn your recorder on. Jennifer has a few questions. <laughs> I did. I did. And then I was a little bit afraid to listen to the audio. But uh, um, we got nothing. Probably kind of glad a little bit, but Jesus, now they're telling me, like, you know, go and say 10 Hail Marys and two Our Fathers, you know, or you're in trouble. But yes, I would ask questions. And then I'm like, sorry, please, thanks. You know, like, I'm really nice, but I ask a question. Well, you know, you, you you learn from from asking questions. And and this, this is something that that I keep reiterating. Um, when when we make contact with what is beyond that, that veal, Mm-hmm. Uh, and keeping in mind the level of deception is there. Um, if you have something that is coming through for your for your betterment, for your better understanding, mm-hmm. it's not find a few questions for clarity. But what we tend to find is that is that when we become suspicious of that particular energy, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It does not want to be found out. Yes. Um, because yeah, it's identity, it needs to it needs to to keep that that, that identity that that, yeah. that matters. And there, there's a commonality that we tend to find that floats through a lot of the um, uh, peripheral uh, uh, research fields. Mm-hmm. And if if we consider, for instance, earth spirits or what we would call here in Ireland the, the fairy or, or the she, yeah, uh, you have you have things such as as missing time, you have mischievousness, and mm-hmm. uh, you have you have abduction. Um, and uh, yeah. you have mutilation, animal mutilation, people who yes. mutilation. Mm-hmm. Um, you have this conscious connection that they have with you. It's almost as if they're reading your mind as, as they're communicating with you. Like, I always wear the tinfoil hat. I do. <laughs> I bought, Nanda, do you have pictures of me in the tinfoil hat? I have a few pictures of me wearing tinfoil hat. Oh, no. I took it down. Oh, oh yeah. I thought I still had it up. I, I always have, take it down. And people think I'm joking. And I did put up a picture on Facebook a few weeks ago. And it was somebody, I'd have to, I'll find it and I'll send it on to you. But it's like all those naysayers and laughing at the people with tinfoil hats. <laughs> now, who's laughing now? Because of all these UFOs is coming to earth. Yeah. There's a yeah. few people for me wearing my tinfoil hat. And I need to keep some for tomorrow because it's Easter and I have to cook the ham. <laughs> so I can't do that. <laughs> But you also, you also with 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 the Fey as well. You also have this aversion to iron. Um, they also don't like the iron. Um, oh, now, when you cross that over into the Middle Eastern world of the jinn, all those fit there as well. Yeah. When you move that across into the old gods, mm-hmm. that fits in there too. And also, all of that fits into the UFO. And there's one thing that connects them all. All of it, they can be summoned. That's an esoteric practice. Call it whatever you want, but that's summoning mm-hmm. under an esoteric practice. 
So we're looking possibly what we're looking at is the same the same phenomena, just a different. Mm. What do you think of the whole the UFOs? What do you think of what's um, happening? As, right as in, as in the, the the modern tech, what we're seeing in the the mainstream media. Yes. Well, that that's our technology, and um, so oh. there, there's no there's no there's no resistance there, and um, I have no problem with that. That's our tech, and um, but to try and tell me that's coming from another planet, no, that that's not. That those are black budget projects that are that are being tested oh. out in new weapon systems. Right. And, uh, and and that's what it is. There there are different signatures for the true phenomenon. The true UFO phenomenon right. is different. It, it comes under a different um, set of circumstances. But there there is there's an agenda today that we need to swallow this new. I kind of got excited for a bit. I'd be that person yeah. at the White House with the sign. Call, you know, we welcome you, and I'd be the one that would be beamed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of that technology, the, the, uh, the uh, patent office already had those, those things already registered years yeah. ago, um, and uh, and probably the Air Force is behind it. Oh. Wow. Someday, maybe someday. Someday, <laughs> you know, I, I have, I, I was in, in in California because we we use uh, the satellite systems to track locations, which is going to be more active hmm. than others. Um, and uh, from our perspective, uh, we ended up going into the, this uh, high desert location in California, and and we were there minutes whenever we had our encounter um, with mm. with a true phenomenon. Um, but I was very very aware that what we were seeing in the sky, this thing that was flashing back to us, and all the rest was mm. not the phenomenon that. Um, that that was a that was the deceptive hand of, of the magician, because what and um, what was more important to understand is that it was already on the ground and it was it was there in the desert floor with us. Oh my gosh! And you know, just to like sort of with everything that you've done, you know, I'm looking at like we're, we're talking about the forefront of what you guys do. What about the the people like with the filming and everything? Were they were they from a paranormal background or mm -hmm. were they how would they talk to deal with situations so you know because we're talking about when you're going into locations are they prepared to what they can encounter did you have to stop filming to tend to someone like how did that work for them to well, yes the there, there were instances there were instances where 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 i did have to step in um and uh, susan slaughter was one of those um and i think it was in germany where i had to step in and it was it, it was overwhelming her so I had to I had to bring her back down out of that, um, and there there was a it was the only time in the, in the show's history that we were at we were at a, a prison in, in Central America, and uh, and and the priest had brought this this person back to to the, to the prison um, and exercised them there, and it was exercised back into the walls of the prison. And it was the one time ever that I've actually recommended. I think you better get the priest, the priest back. Um, wow! Uh, but um, in in regards to crew, um, there there was one location I remember distinctly. Um, and uh, and can you remember the old black and white movie of Nosferatu? Where you've got the vampire with the big ears and the, the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I know what you're on about. That guy scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> but uh, we were filming in the in the castle. Castle, uh, it was Orava Castle, and we were filming in it. 
and and the crew that cameraman that, that worked with me um, one one of the days he was back but he was up in the oldest part of the castle which was nine mm. 980 or something like that um, yeah. and he was up there filming on his own when the phenomena started to happen and he backed into a corner and he's on the radio who's messing with the lights what's going on up here um so yeah there, there were instances when the crew were having their experiences as well and and there were things that happened in fact there were better things that happened um when when the cameras were switched off um um to the cast and crew but in regards to the crew there was very little there to help them um apart wow. from you know what we what we would talk about um and uh I remember, I remember the team, the first team going out, and they had their experiences in Wales. And mm. one one of the team came to the, the my door, and she was crying because of the encounter. Um, and I said, "Look, that that's a one-off; it'll not happen again." Uh, and uh, but by the way, welcome to Europe. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and that was that. That's I don't like anything of the dark side. I mean, when and I see one of your books at the Banshees, I. I Jesus, uh, you know when you have experiences when you were younger and you just can't. Uh, I talk about it for years. I've talked about it for years, and I love your intake on it. Where I, I was in my teenage years and I'd left my friend's house. It was November. I don't know what age I was, teen, and I was walking up my 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 garden, a long garden, and my brother's friend was with him. I was going up to see my my brother. So I it was a November night, clear. Stars, no clouds at all. I remember putting my hand on his right shoulder and I said, what's that up there? But I see nothing to say that. I've seen nothing to make me would say something like that. It wasn't planted in my head to say it. So I went in and I told my family and curtains were closed. My mom had to be picked up from work. People came to the house. Um, Jenny was given a brown paper bag to breathe in because I knew, I knew it wasn't some, I knew it was something. There was three of them. Mm. They were like a smoky gray color and they were like the shape of Haley's Comet. Mm. So you have round and you go into a tail and they would have been huge. They were, I lived in a corner house. They, this was across the road up above a unused factory. And they were up in the sky. You didn't have to creak your head. You could just look up. So there's two this side and one this side, but they'd swim up and down and they'd go missing as if they were going through clouds, but there was no clouds. Mm. So one again, then there was two this side and one this side, and they'd swim up and down, up and down. We stood there for about an hour and a half, two hours possibly, looking mm. at these three things, constantly doing that. They would have been huge if they were dead. They would have been taller than you, but it was just a shape. Mm. Um, oh, there was phone calls made. I know there was three people who passed away that month. Um, uh, and it was... I, there was TV put on for my 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 siblings and whatnot, and you know I was young as well. I was I was twins and so on. We were all outside looking up, and there was adults and then me, and then all of a sudden one shot down went through the hedge and went back up. If you blinked, you would have missed it, and you can see it going through the hedge. Mm-hmm. And um, adults were pulling me back to run in, and to this day we never knew what they were. Like it was real. And I have said this as many times as people would listen to me say it. I dissected my brain. I can't ever make an answer to it, but I know what I saw. A lot of us saw it. Just never knew what it was. Yeah. The the, the phenomenon itself um tends to link people in with, with a particular play. Mm. Uh, 
and in regards to the banshee herself the clue of, of her heritage is actually within the name um and uh, and a lot of people nowadays would consider her to be woman of the fairy banshee Aye. woman of the fairy yep. that's not actually quite right um, mm. because she was in reference to the ancient neolithic mounds mm -hmm. so it's woman of the mounds as of the people mm -hmm. of the mounds they yeah. came through the mounds now and that that ties a lot of this phenomena in because of the association with stone now if we look at the likes of david politis in the united states where he has written missing 411 a huge amount of people disappear in uh, in the united states um, he is, he's even admitted himself on record that people will disappear predominantly within boulder fields. A lot of the phenomena that we tend to see around the world now will appear either on stone, um, a stone plateau, um, cliff face, or a cave system. Mm -hmm. um, there are always some access to stone nearby. Uh, yes. Uh, so that ties it in, and then there's the smells and everything else that ties it in, which oh. I'll not get into at this particular stage because that's another book. Start writing. <laughs> Get it out. Um, I have questions down here as well. I have a few questions from a few people. If anybody has questions here, I know there was somebody here that was asking a question. I'm going to roll up a little bit. Um, oh, gosh, let me find him. Uh, Bridget's asking, what's the name of your book? I'm going to get that link up. Uh, the Deceptions of Gods and Men is the latest one. I will, I'll get that link up as well. Um, and that's, that's, that's on that's on Amazon. It's also available in audio, um, Amazon audio books. So if people don't want to read it, they can they can certainly listen to it. That's brilliant. There's a question here now from we were talking about the that that place that would never go back again. Barry, what did you see through the crack of that door? Uh, that was a there was a torso, um, and I know that was that there was a, a, a Rajnov, um, which was also in Transylvania. Uh, the problem that we had with with um, Rajnov is that when we got up there, it started to bloody well snow, um, oh. and we ended up getting snowed in, and, uh, and the caretaker wasn't there. He 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 was gone. And what brought me back to that tower was the ancient references and the esoteric oh. symbolism. And so I ended up going back to that tower and and, and having a look. At that particular location i couldn't get into that room because we didn't have the keys um, and mm -hmm. and part of me says thank god we didn't get into that particular room oh gosh but it was interesting that one of the fans whenever i backed off the door um and i can still i can still see it yet because the fear instantly hit me mm -hmm. so i reacted to that immediately um but i can still see the cameraman trying to backtrack up the stairs and the sound lady and um, Nancy was pulling on cables trying to get out as I was scrambling because my arm had gone down in behind the, the the staircase it was a wooden staircase so I was scrambling trying to get the hell out of there um, but when they slowed the footage down they said the door was being pushed out toward me um, which I didn't comp at, at, at the time um, but as I said, that particular place we got snowed in, so we hadn't got access. Um, okay. But there was, there was a lot. There was a lot happening around that, and uh, and that was very, very. It, it was a, it was a, it was a great case, um, and yeah. it you know it, it really pushed us 
um, to to our limits. But it was mm -hmm. something. If the show continued, it was something I really wanted to to enforce within within the team that we wanted to break that cookie cutter format. Yeah. Uh, because I flew down to uh, to Singapore and uh, and was wanting to get this location um, within the Bay of, of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. And also I wanted to try and get us into China um, to this, this ancient fortress at the end of the Great Wall of China. Mm -hmm. That physically was going to test the team. Um, because I think I think that, that there was value in that um, and that when we push ourselves physically, it can lead to a greater experience. That's yeah, um, yeah. And uh, but the, the problem was that people were disappearing at the end of the China, the, the wall as well, into the desert. So they were being lured away by these voices in the sand and disappearing. That's the thing we were talking before about children. Mm. And I showed Stephen Nando on, we're on a, <laughs> about children. If you seen a child on a dark road, what would you do? Stop? Nope. Drive over them or drive away? <laughs> Just keep going. Wait a minute, she had red glowing eyes reversed. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a, re a reflection of the brake light. I ended up getting one of those dash cams, and, and it wasn't for the insurance. It was because everybody else was getting this wonderful footage from these dash cams. Not oh. a second thing have I seen since that dash cam went in. They know. <laughs> So yeah, um, anything with black uh, black eyes, anything like that. Um, uh, no, or even just a child in general. No, like we've heard babies cry, and I want to go. And this is the location we do in the Drogheda Museum, Millmount. It's five minutes away from me. It's in my home. It's a fabulous place. And we are hearing a newborn baby. But every time we ask about the baby, well, we do with the phone now. I know we use the phone, but it's not like apps. What we do is we. I would call one of the guys um, on the phone and we don't know why it's just it works better on WhatsApp. So I would call Alan's phone. He would answer, put it on speaker. We would leave it in the kitchen area with a recorder. We go two floors up and we sit in the coffee room and we call out. Mm -hmm. The responses are mind blowing, mind blowing. I mean, you know, I want to scream about them. That's so good. But there's two particular people. So when I'm asking about the baby, because it was a British uh, fort at one point, Oliver Cromwell had attacked uh, Drogheda, the Martello Tower. And um, so when I'm asking about the baby, we did, we did a playback and you'll hear a man telling us to, um, oh, we were singing Ring a Ring Rosie. And a man, we had to go check the kitchen area to make sure nobody was in the building. Very clearly, like, F off, because we were singing Ring a Ring Rosie. And then, the, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the children, the child. They don't like me talking about the child. Mm. At all, but then I keep talking about the child because I know they don't answer me, and I want to know about the child because I can hear the child and we can hear the dog. And me, me loving animals, I'm like, come on in the kitchen. <laughs> so we bring food for the dog, or we bring treats for the children, and you hear a thank you from them. Like last week, we were playing a game of cards because we heard when I was doing a live two weeks ago, I said, Do you want to play a game of cards? And on the live, when we did a playback on the live, uh, it, you can hear a man saying, Yes. Mm. So I brought the cards back and we were setting up wine or we I forgot to bring the whiskey for the card game in this kitchen area. We still have to go through that video footage and audio. Mm -hmm. But a few things happened. A few things happened. So that's the night we didn't need. Ah, <laughs> we, we were all awake. And but you said that that's in Drogheda, yeah. Yes, that's in my town, Drogheda, yeah. Drogheda. You I can come anytime. Wasn't there a lady down there as far as I can remember? She married 
the spirit of, of a pirate. Yes, yeah, she lives up your end now. <laughs> she's but is she? Well, no, she, no, she's not. No, where is she now? No, she's in. Oh, well, she's in Belfast. Oh, I've no she's idea. She's in Belfast. Belf um, Amanda is her name. I, I think she got divorced, though. I think she divorced yeah, because, because he, was out, he was out drinking. Oh, he's cheating. Yeah. He was out drinking. Damn. Yeah, he was out drinking. Um, I bet you're jealous now, Nando. You, you, you really would love to live here in Ireland. <laughs> I'm moving over, see. I'm going to move over. No, you're not. Is it? No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, I'm, I'm no, joking. But I keep saying, for yourself, to come over to Ireland and come to the museum. I take a lot of people to the museum with me, and it's and it's and I'm going to say it. Um, I've got a lot of stick for it, and I probably will again. But I like when locations are not contaminated by 10, 20 teams. It's just mm -hmm. my team only for the last six or seven years has been my team only mm -hmm. if i take people with me their friends or guests uh or who've watched this show watched the lives and so on and if they have a keen interest in it and respect the location mm -hmm. and and don't don't be a, a plonker basically i'm very strict and firm but fair yeah. you know don't breathe don't walk don't it, talk don't chew, don't it, it is one of those <laughs> locations that i would love to i would love to go to because some of the stuff that Jenny's shown me and some of the stuff mm -hmm. she said there's one EVP I think it's in my opinion it's phenomenal phenomenal yeah. um it's the sounds of the guns going off but yeah. it sounds like on this EVP there is an actual war going on as oh, you're listening yeah. to it and it's yeah. very clear you know you can hear the sounds of the gun and then at one point you hear it so close to the EVP recorder like the click of the gun like being clicked out to mm -hmm. reload and then clicked yeah. back in and that that was an amazing EVP when I, I I think I listened to that a good six seven times and then right. I was getting snippets of it and then I was sending it back to Jenny saying did you hear this bit did you hear this bit and yeah. then at one point it's like you can hear it like a heavy breathing and it was just amazing to to you know for someone to pick up a sort of evidence but mm -hmm. talking yeah. about evidence talking about the whole paranormal as a whole you've been through this for a number of years, you've met a lot of people. What's your advice to someone getting into the paranormal now? You know, if they was to come to you, Barry, and say, how do I do it? What's the right way? And what's the things to avoid? What advice would you give out? Read. That would be the first thing that I would say, read. Gain a, a little bit of knowledge mm. of, of the thing. Just don't go out there for shits and giggles because mm. that, that can cause issue. And mm -hmm. um, teams that start up, um, quickly um, and they're out for that particular reason um, they they may not understand that leaving that door open can attract flies into the group and when mm. that infestation makes its way into the group it will eat them from the inside out mm. and, and the group will fall apart and we see that time and time again oh gosh um, yeah yeah so I think having, having a little bit having a little bit of of, of, of knowledge there is is a good thing I probably would recommend if they wish to establish a group, maybe keep it small. Yeah. Uh, Completely. Yeah. 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 If it gets too big, then then their is issues can start pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're not if they're not careful of, of the, the infestations that can happen. Absolutely. And, That's brilliant advice. Yeah. And just to follow on with that question, you know, a lot of people say different to this. 
But with locations, do you believe you should research your locations first to know what you're going into or go into a location without the research? Because some people say when you research a location, it can influence what you think you're going to come across. Like mm. you get a false, you know, sense of because you've read it, you know, you already know what, what could be there. So do yeah. you research locations or do you go in it without knowing the full history? I think that really comes down to what you intend to do with with the footage. You know, a lot of people will say to me, well, why do you do it? Um, why, do, why do I do what I'm doing? Um, I'm not out there to prove to anyone. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, books, the books are there. Um, and if people want to read them, they can read them. I'm not forcing them down people's throats. Mm. And uh, take, it or, take it or leave it. And it, it's a case of this is my path. This is, this is the one that, that I'm on. Mm. These, are, these are the things that has happened to me. Um, yeah. And this is how I analysed it and how I broke it down. It may be of use to you, it may not. Mm. Um, I'm not out there to prove to you that it's there. I couldn't care less. Um, and uh, because it's it's my path. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not out. I'm not out to, to to say, well, here's here's the the greatest piece of, of footage ever. Because we live in an, in a technological age now where anything can be faked. Oh, um, yeah. And and I'm continually sent photographs and. I wasn't there in the investigation. I, I, mm. I have no context of what that photograph was taken by. I don't know who else was in the in the room. I don't know what the That's weather it. conditions were, or all of that stuff. So I can't analyze the the, the stuff. And and as I say now, with with AI technology, it's getting at a stage now where we're probably just going to have to ignore our our visual <laughs> senses with in regards to AI technology because it mm. has the best. Um, stuff coming out now. Um, it's it's got movie footage. It's got photographs that can alter and, and everything else. And we're not going to be able to tell the difference between reality and and and, and AI influence. Yeah, and I've I've been sent videos and oh from people before. I'm like, I kind of say it's you know it's dust. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the orb the orb phenomena. And no, don't get me wrong. There are there are phenomena there in which yeah. orb orbs can self-manifest and can mm. self-eliminate that is is is, is important and um, mm. we used to get a lot of that stuff within 35 millimeter mm. um, but the problem is now with the digital age even the even the, the manufacturers of the, of the cameras released statements to say this these these dust and water particles that you're seeing um is is a problem with with the actual camera itself the closer the lens is to the flash the more likely you are to get orbs. Yeah. And mm. the further away the flash is, the better. The the less likely you are to catch these damn dust orbs. Um, which which is a which is just a problem with 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 the camera system. Well, that's it. And like you said, the, the, you know there are things there that are genuine. Mm. Um, but when you say, I know I've said sometimes it's dust, and they're like, oh no, you don't know this. And I'm like, well, feck off, then don't bloody ask me. I'm not doing yeah. this talk with you if you don't listen to me. So I took a video and so I put the light on. I have my flash on my camera phone. So I'm kind of like rubbing the top of my surface up my counter. I really should dust more often. But it worked for me that day that I needed to do the video. Mm. And then you'll see sporadically of things come around. But some people want to believe it's family members and you just don't want to upset that. So I say, yes, yes, mm -hmm. it's your mm -hmm. grandmother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not your grandmother. Pledge. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, the thing is, it's the same with 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 EVP as well. Um, yeah. The more a person isn't grounded, the more likely they are to see the faces within the dust or hear the voices within the the, the recording Aye. and things like that. And it's also worth mentioning as well that that if you read something or something's running in your mind before you capture the EVP, that can actually influence what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. what we tend to do what we would tend to do is is if we get class a um evps mm -hmm. then we'll no one of, of the team will know um mm -hmm. so we all sit down we put on the earphones and we listen and we all have notepads and we write down what we think we're hearing mm -hmm. it's amazing to see yeah. the difference oh, wow. That's good. yeah, yeah. Yeah, air pareidolia. And I love that because I, I do shows and I have one coming up on the 22nd uh, of EVPs. So I have a fantastic uh, co-host with me or guest. And one of them is Philip Gibson from uh, Heart City Paranormal. He's like, I love his EVPs. They're great. So we put them together and we're collaborating together and then we play them on the show. So we let everyone and we suggest wear headphones and tell us what do you think. I remember one time I was in the Athenine Museum in, in Enniscorty and uh, I was doing this thing where I'm on video call with my friends in New York. So I said to them, right, call out on this location. I'm going to let you do the call out so you can get responses. And it happened. And then one of the guys was talking about, you know, air, electricity, travel, transport, yada, yada, yada. So we heard the word phenomenon. I heard the word phenomenon. It was like phenomenon. So when I played on the show one night, one of the, one of the guys, it was one word. So one of the guys said, um, I, he heard it was like a four or five sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, no, it's one word. It's phenomenal. <laughs> I'm going down a shop night, you know. To kind of <laughs> I'm like, no, it's one word. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And then we go, and I start that up. But and I did it one time and it flatlined because no one joined in. It was like that was a bit of a bomber. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's the ear pareidolia. So we have one coming up on the 22nd. So we're going to get the best of our bests and put yeah. them up. And 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 let everyone hear. There was a time when I used to be like so anal about it and say, "No, this is what I said. Trust me, I knew I heard it." Now <laughs> I got older and retiring in the paranormal. I'm like, "Yeah, that's what it's saying." And I'm just tired to yeah, tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired. So, but there are stuff people said before. If you have to explain what's being said, then it's not a real EVP. Yeah, and and that that's something that irks me um, with with the. The, the TV shows don't 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 put on text what I meant to hear. Yeah, that's, Aye, a no -no. Like, that's a no no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you see that red, what color do you hear? Or oh, the words? Yeah. Is it thunder or rain? Thunder, rain, and it's kind of like you read the word thunder and you hear thunder. You read the word. <laughs> rain, rain. I'm like, hold on. I yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. it's suggestion, power of suggestion to you that you're you're being you read it. Then you're being told what to hear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. just some of the EVPs can be made out very clearly. Yes. And there's one of them that I have from the ITC, and it's um, uh, I know what's being said, mm -hmm. and most of the time I have to explain it to people, and then they hear it. But then that's no good because I've told them, mm -hmm. you know. But I but I genuinely, and it comes from the Drotter Museum in Milnard. And I know that kitchen area. I know the two guys in there. I know what they said. And it makes sense of what they said about what happened in the kitchen. So mm -hmm. I get it. I understand it. And that's why I continue on with what I've been, what I heard. And I'll continue on with it. The question, what the reply was. So it's like personal. Mm -hmm. It's personal when it comes to that. 
But yeah, uh, some of the responses I'm like, "What you hear, Scooby?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can, it can be scary sometimes. That's for sure. Yeah. And I used to be saying like, "Oh, listen to it, listen to it. It's right. I'm right. I'm right." But now, like I said, I've calmed down. I calmed down. Um, any questions, Nando? Before we, uh, oh, anything you want to talk about, Barry? Anything? No, I, I think we've we've pretty much covered we've pretty much covered everything, and. Uh, yeah. I want to ask one more question about Skinwalkers. What do you think of Skinwalkers? Uh, well, Skinwalker Ranch um, is yeah. in, in itself is. I, I was there in 2019, and oh. uh, and it is. I, I, you know, I was interested in Skinwalker because of number one, the rocks, and uh, mm. and then the phenomena that was happening on it. Um, but the magnetic anomaly that appears at Skinwalker that we've seen from from the satellite footage. Um, is about 80 miles long so it's it's more than the ranch itself um but the focal point is is the ranch and right. i you know I'm, I'm aware of of a of a particular farmer or a rancher there that that was interested in one of the the properties adjacent and uh, and right. he he ended up um going to look at the property and with the intention of buying it and uh, and it was it was a wreck of a place, but he ended right. up in anyway and, and having a look around, around around the house. And the dog was with him. He left the dog outside. He was only in the house five minutes, but he came right. back out. The dog was turned inside out. That's just bloody crazy. So it's you know the, the phenomenon. The phenomenon is, is, is it's 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 very very intense. But it will target the dogs first. And people will say, well, why does it target the dogs first? You know, is it is it because the dogs are psychically, um, you know, mm, sensitive mm. to these particular phenomena? No, the dogs can smell them. That's Aye. what it comes down to. The dogs smell them quicker than we do, and mm. the dog's sense of smell is is exceptionally <laughs> acute. Um, and uh, and these particular things do not do not like that idea. Of, of of us getting early warnings and uh, and uh, that's 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 the way it goes but the skinwalker ranch itself yeah it's a long history um and uh, and in fact it's it's quite interesting to see that a lot of that particular history ties into mm. the exploitation of uh, of oil and gas um and uh, you know there's there's a lot goes on out there that uh, that uh, you know, we're, we're meant to look at this hand. Don't watch that one. Yeah, look, a squirrel. Where? Over there. <laughs> over here. That would be me. I'd be like, where's the squirrel? And yeah. I, I was talking before about uh, taking animals to locations with you and so on. And and I kind of, there's some places you just couldn't. And I don't think I'd put a, a dog through it sometimes. Mm. Uh, but I did say the earlier K2s would be a cat in a carrier <laughs> cage, you know. <laughs> I kind of wanted that for for uh, I look like Elvis. I kind of wanted one of those for um, uh, Shane's castle. Look at mm. my, what's going on with my hair tonight. I'm like Elvis tonight. Anyhow, um, so cat carry in the box, you know, it's like as your K two or your you know your rampod, you know, because crazy. You walk back out of those tunnels in Shane's castle, you know. That was the earlier days. That's that's how long I'm in the in the paranormal world. You bring your cat and carry out cat carry out of its screams. You're getting closer to something. But there, there, there is, there is, you know, there's been some good research been been done there, and, and in fact, there's a particular signal that mm. that seems to appear within within not only UFO sites but also haunting sites as well, and yeah. um, and it's a small split second signal that bursts forward, 
um, but it's below um, the 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 sensitivities of the normal Ghostbuster um, EMF detector and all the rest. It, 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 we we can't detect it with any of that crap. Right. Um, so the, this particular signal is very very weak. But um, whenever just before the phenomena happens, before it breaks through, um, mm -hmm. we'll get a spike. And uh, that's worth keeping an eye on. That's worth investigating, because even even in some of the some of the particular uh, buildings that that is known for phenomena, um, it would seem that that even some stray noises that would appear that initially we would say it's just the building settling, yeah, comes with a spike. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah. Uh, you know there 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 are advancements being made. Um, hmm. But uh, a lot of the phenomena has been happening for centuries and it's just repeating, repeating, repeating. Um, mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we are a, a civilization with amnesia. And uh, so that's that's where we are. One last question, something I'm really interested in is attachments. Mm. What are your thoughts on attachments? Well, attachments in itself, um, the reasons that we can get attachments are are legion you know there can be many, many different regions you could be walking down the street and get an attachment yeah 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 um, but uh, as i say bright lights attract flies so it's 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 important to keep an eye on that i've always been called a uh, dim light not a bright light <laughs> i've been called a dim light <laughs> i uh, I, I talked before about iron um, and iron is, is is absolutely fantastic when when the energy wants to manifest physically, um, it will they will keep away from you with with the iron, but mm. um, um, attachments don't work that particular way. Um, yeah. So there are particular processes that we can see when the attachment has made its connection, and there there are patterns that are followed, and that's something that I talked about in the other publication, uh, the influence, and and yeah. what to see with that, but there are things that we can that we can do to to counteract that and that's look at our diet we are what we eat and uh, and and mm -hmm. diet is a, is a big thing when trying to understand mm -hmm. the signals and everything that's coming through Hi. and and some of the some of the the processes that attachments will will, will go through some of the, the the triggers that they will go through is is um creating isolation for mm -hmm person that it targets mm -hmm. uh, paranoia is is another thing which which aids the the isolation yeah also the food they'll be slowly they'll be, be put on a, on, a, on a curve that slowly operates that will take them off healthy foods and on to crap um, i am possessed food. if that's the case <laughs> and their immune systems will begin to lower um which yeah. allows them to encroach further and further and further, um, and uh, the paranoia, the uh, the the dark thoughts, um, a lot of the, a lot of the thoughts can be turned around though with uh, with uh, the likes of of uh, EPA and DHA, so you get that in omega three, and it is absolutely light. It works at lightning speed, um, okay. at, uh, fifteen minutes in the system, and it'll it stops the release of the stress hormone. Oh, jeez. Can directly influence the 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 attachment. Really? It's interesting that, that those experiments that were carried out in in a, in a high security prison, I think it was in Denmark, 
and I, I talked about it in the book and uh, and it was a, a very violent prison and and and, and prisons are, are perfect places for this insidiousness Aye. to fester and uh, and these these people the, the prisoners were put on a diet um, and they were introduced to omega-3 mm -hmm. 75 percent of hate crimes stopped wow um the influence all going to the chemist tomorrow night to get omega-3 well yeah. it's going to be yeah. sold out <laughs> It is, uh, it is. It's it's amazing how the food and what we drink can well, that's, with our spiritual aspects. Well, that's definitely what's true. I, I'll definitely get the Omega 3. Um, I, I just know when I've been in locations such as uh, Duckett's Grove was one of them down in Carlo. Mm. And I remember it was my first time there. And then when I came home, I did my audio work and so on. And then you'll hear this, Jenny. I'm like, hello, you know. <laughs> first time there who knows me and I kid you not every location I go to some of them could be new um the old ones that I go to all the time I like to do repetitively investigations I like to repeat locations like for four five six years I'm doing the same different locations Lep Castle yeah. Redwood Castle Broader yeah. Museum Mill Mountain and Athenaeum and um but you the one or two places that I've just done for the first time you'll have my name being said even in my home Billy Big Balls sat here one night, two o'clock in the morning. No children here. Mama had a gin and tonic. So I said, Billy Big Balls took out my recorder and started doing a call out in my house. I heard my name being said. Mm -hmm. And you heard Jenny, like a DVP. But then thankfully I got it on the recorder. Mm -hmm. And you'll hear me in the recorder. So I have it on both DVP and EVP. And you'll hear me saying, did you say something? Because I'm saying, I know you're here. I know you're here. And then I heard my name and then I said, did you say something? Did you try and say my name? So there's a, there's a man apparently with me. I remember doing a show in America one night, probably two or three in the morning. And we're all talking, having a bit of a giggle. Then we kind of stopped for a second. And then I'm smiling. And then all of a sudden I heard this, Jenny. And I, saw, I was like, looking around at everyone, did, did no one hear that? Mm. So I watched the playback and you can hear the, stat the static. It sounded, sounded robotic. Mm -hmm. before and it sounded robotic again before my name was said like yeah. okay you got me i heard you but no one else heard it so mm -hmm. i don't know i mean i don't know is it here i don't know but i do ask him to put on the heating on in the winter before i get up you know make <laughs> <my house warm. laughs> when, when you when you uh called out to it did you close the door <sighs> okay <laughs> No, was that a bad thing? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't close the door. No, I didn't close the door. There's a draft. So, um, and this was, but the thing that happened in Carlo, my name being said, happened before I called out in my house. My sister had seen someone in my house. Um, you know, my daughter seen this black ball going across my bedroom wall. Mm. She's 19. She's uh, special needs and, I know, I know my kids, you know, I've got the lie detector radar with children and I'm like, don't lie to me. So I ask her the same question for a few years later and she says the same thing. Like it was mm -hmm. true. So you say the same thing. If you lie, you'll mess up. Mm -hmm. But it was like, fuck, I can't, about that size just going across. And I said, now, is it fast? Was it slow? Was it medium? And she, and uh, it was like medium, but silly, silly Jennifer, I have opened up recorders in my house. Mm -hmm. I've got four dogs and five cats and 
I yeah, I, I try not to bring my work home. Um, and sometimes it happens. So yeah. you know, the, the, even even the best of us can fall victim to that. Yeah, um, yeah. Fact, just just the other night, um, I was woke by the dog coming to the side of the bed in the middle of the night, and mm. she was letting me know that there was someone or there was something wrong in the house. And and I got up and never put a light on, and I came to the foot of the stairs, and she was she was right behind me looking down, and she was letting me know, and she started barking, snarling. Oh, and I'm no. looking into the darkness, and I'm going. <laughs> and uh, but I went down and uh, and had a look around, and then I walked around the house as well, but nothing there. Do you do just... that movie thing where the something happens and nobody turns the light on? And usually, I'm screaming at the at, at the television <laughs> for that switch on the goddamn light. And, and this was one of the occasions where I didn't. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it could be like two in the morning, and I wake up and I need some water, and I'm like, Jess. Jess, my daughter, are you awake? Huh? <laughs> are you awake? <laughs> oh no, you are now. Go get me some water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I am, I've done it. I've done it. I'm like, oh, sorry, I thought you were awake. But she wasn't. <laughs> I'd woken her up. <laughs> She's up there now. She probably, probably mailed their comments saying, Ma, I heard what you said. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yes, it's true. It's true. Uh, we are coming up to the end of time. Where can people find you, Barry? Well, they found me in Sligo. They can find me on Facebook, um, and uh, I don't, I don't have a, a, a huge um, social media um, presence now. I said uh, I, I have a lot of a lot of things to do and and uh, a lot of research to do, so it takes me all over the place. Um, but uh, people can find me on, on, on Facebook. They can find the books there on Amazon. Right. I'll get those links put up right now. I'll get those links put up. Um, I, I remember very quickly, I stayed in myself and one of uh, an ex-team member. We're going to go to Boston, to Salem. It was only for four days, so the flight was yeah. too long and, uh, and the space of time wasn't worth it. So then we said, right, we'll go to Edinburgh. We'll go to the vaults and so on. And that kind of didn't mm -hmm. go place. Guess where we went? Sligo. And I booked into the Clayton Hotel. Oh, my God, the Clayton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we booked into the Clayton Hotel. Let me tell you, I didn't sleep for two nights and I had a lot of gin and tonic. Three o'clock mm. in the morning, I'm doing shows in America just to keep me awake because I, Aiden picked his, we had the room next to each other. And um, so because we were put to the very end of the hotel and it wasn't in the old part, I rang up the reception said, listen, we travel from the east, you know, can you put us in the... In, in the older part so she put us right in the center which was brilliant and so I was checking out his room Aiden's room I was checking out both of the rooms so he wasn't beside me next door anymore he was down the corner and round to your left so I felt his room out and I felt my room out to see do I feel anything where are we staying Jenny's little radar detector so his room was nice compact and small and then he had an arch and around the corner was your coffee making and your table and he goes JNA and my accent's going to be really bad. And he goes, I think there was a doctor's office there because it was a, it was a former asylum. Mm. He goes, I think there was a doctor's where patients come in now. And I'm like, okay, you can have this room. <laughs> <laughs> the other room that I picked was huge. It was a family room. If I wanted to get out, did you ever see that movie Room 48 or something like mm. that? It took him like 10 minutes to get out of the room. So I'm like, well, let me see how long the drop is down. And so on. So when you yeah. walked in. When you open your your bedroom door and you expect the hallway, no, I've got this big hallway on the outside with a chandelier. That's my hallway. My bathroom's out of my room. And I'm like, this is just going to be a long crawl out of this room if I need to get out. Mm -hmm. So 
you could close the door, but I kept the door open with a chair <laughs> in case I'm going to, in case I have to go through the door. And yeah. it's a pretty big door that I would it would have hurt a little bit. So anyway, um, and then so a, a local from the uh, Sligo gave us a tour of the hotel and whatnot. You know, he used to work there, and he said this wing over here is the most active. And Jenny goes, "That's your side, Jenny." <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, the Clayton's well known. It's a fabulous, it's, I have to say, Sligo's fabulous. We went to the cathedral. Really? Oh, yeah. We went to the, the children's, the famine area, mm. and we brought flowers with us. Uh, really fun. Sligo's a beautiful town. And we went to this huge graveyard. Huge graveyard. I don't know where it was, but I used to holiday in Mayo. Mm-hmm. And Donegal's next. And Because um, I like to holiday in Ireland. I love yeah. to holiday in Ireland so I can take my dogs with me and so on. And um, but Johnny goes next, but Sligo, I'm telling you, it's a beautiful place. It is, it is. And it is. Uh, you know, we, we had uh, when uh, when Prince Charles came across, or King Charles now, um, oh, when he came across um, with uh, with Camilla, and they went to the the castle up the coast there, where the, the relative lost his head. Um, the uh, he. I, I know that that the guards they, they were they were checking out. There was a car that was parked at Yates's burial site, oh, wow. um, and you know for security purposes they needed to make sure that that the the place was clear. And mm. uh, came back down the, the road again, and this this car was still there. It was a rental, and it turns out that it was someone who would flew in from the United States, um, and was sleeping on Yates's grave. Um, okay. And that's that's an old esoteric practice to try and pull out information from the grave, the, the knowledge um, um, okay. of the grave. And uh, of course, the guards they says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "Well, I'm, I'm only here for the night. Well, you're you can't stay here. You got to go." Oh. And uh, and off he went. But had he have done his research, he would have found out that that Yeats, yeah, he was he was enveloped with with the whole esoteric thing and all the rest but Yeats died in France and he was put in a communal grave now by the time they came back to get his bones and reinter them he was mixed up with everybody else the only thing that he was likely to um incorporate during his stay on top of Yeats's grave I know who be for a good baguette who you sleeping above <laughs> the person there said, hello, do I know you? Would you like to get off me? <laughs> like, oh, we got them all. We got them all. Funny. That's funny. I You work hard and play hard in the part. It's, te- it's just great. My team, I have a team of three. Mm-hmm. You know, less is more, I think. And we work. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd say, don't wear those jackets. That's go shh, when you're doing stuff. My jacket does that. And we said, Jenny, what was that sound? And I'm like, probably my jacket. Yeah. You know, don't breathe, don't walk, don't stand. Why are you walking around? Mm-hmm. Where are you going, you know? And uh, so, yeah, we do all that work. But we are going to end the show now. It was fun. It was fun. It was, it was really interesting. It was fun. It, as an insight that I will, uh, will carry some of them with me, as in, like, no sugar. Sorry, <laughs> there you go. No sugar. No eating salad before we go to keep that goodness up and fresh there food. Go. Um, let me just... See, I'm the Moon Woman show here now, guys. Hold on, hold on. Okay, that's it. So we're going to say thank you, everyone, for watching, liking, sharing, commenting, and questions. Barry, thank you so much for giving up. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Have a great evening. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Nando, thank you so much for jumping in with me tonight as well. That's all right. I'm always happy to help. Now, where am I next weekend? Next weekend. 
I'm not here next weekend. Next weekend, I'm going to be in Dublin. I'm going to Sam Smith concert. Please don't judge me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Call's ended. <laughs> and then the week after and the 28th 29th we're going to be in redwood castle and lep castle a lot of work oh i love the places i love the places but we're going to say we're going to bring in the background i'm going to say thank you so much for watching another fantastic show we will be back on very soon thanks a million if you want to stay there for a second barry and we'll just bring it in the background and do the ending of it talk to you later guys good night bye everyone <laughs>